You're listening to Her Hacks Podcast, a podcast by women in cybersecurity for everyone. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Christine. In today's Her Hack, we will be interviewing Tracy, or Hacker Pinup on Twitter, and talking to her about her pathway to a career in cybersecurity. Tracy's a reverse engineer and embedded developer at Trenchant. Tracy's first love and degree is in theater and musical performance. Signals and vocal synthesis bridge the gap between performance studies and computer engineering for her. She's worked with MIPS, Motorola 68000, ARM, PowerPC, and a few other architectures. She's analyzed and researched embedded systems, analyzed RF network traffic. She's also spent time designing and implementing low-level software in C and assembly. In her tasks as a reverser, Tracy performed dynamic and static binary analysis using primarily Ghidra, Radar2, GDB, fuzzers, and signal generators. She's been spending a lot of time with Ghidra lately, both utilizing and extending it. Please give a warm welcome to Tracy. All right, it's so nice to have you, Tracy. So we had you prepare two truths and a lie for us today. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. All right, let's hear them. Cool, so my two truths and a lie are, I summited Pikes Peak on a whim, I've been to a security conference on every continent, and that I've performed with multiple Broadway composers. Whoa, okay. I think I wanna let Rebecca guess first, only because I think I know, because since we're friends and I know you, I feel like I have an advantage, like I did with Susie. You always have the advantage. (laughs) (laughs) I think think you might. We can interview one of your friends next. Christine, I don't have any friends. <gasps> That's not true. Well, I have friends next, but I can't get uh, I can't get interviewed twice. I suppose. Oh, thank you. I think you know. Okay. Marianne. I got resources. <laughs> we, can, we can we can even the playing field. Okay, we're gonna need to. All right, so I'm gonna say. Okay, I'm gonna say. Hmm. I'm gonna say you. I don't know Pike's Peak. I'm just gonna be honest. Okay. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you didn't do that on a whim. I feel like you had to prepare for it. Okay. And I am going to say that you have not been to a security conference on any continent. Con- every. Every. Sorry. <laughs> on any continent ever. <laughs> on any continent ever. Even though I'm gonna say yeah. you don't work in cybersecurity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say you haven't been to a security conference on every continent. Let me just. Uh, because there's seven continents, right? Right, um, of the world. And isn't one of them, like, isn't Antarctica, oh, Antarctica. its own continent? Is... And I feel like that is really hard to get to. There, okay, <laughs> I, I, do you want to know? Are you ready? Yes. Is that your final yes, guess? Yes, that's okay. my final guess. So, I have not been to a security conference on every continent yet, but there was a year that Torcon did a cruise to Antarctica. Whoa, that's so, cool. It is plausible. See, I thought that too. I was like, okay, this b- <laughs> has probably been there. Like, I don't, I, like, I don't know I you, been... but like the stuff I've heard in your bio, I'm like, yo, she's yeah. been to Antarctica. I right, it's it's on the list. Yeah. Like, I would like to go to every continent, um, but so far we've done security conferences in North America. Obviously, we did. Uh, I did Europe, and we've done Japan. So Asia. So we're getting there. Getting there. That's awesome. So I thought it might mislead Christine enough. Um, But we did Summit Pikes Peak. My husband and I summited Pikes Peak this August on a whim. We had been like doing a lot of rucking, which is walking around with a heavy backpack on. Um, Pumping some weight. Yeah. So we ended up out at a wedding and our flight got canceled for the hurricane over on the East Coast here. So we were stuck in Colorado for an extra two days and we're like, 
you want to you want to climb Pike's Peak? So we drove out there and we did. Dang, so that's awesome. Yeah. I had the advantage because remember, I went to New York. You told me this story. So I was like, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I knew which. you'd know that one. But yeah, <laughs> I the, the Broadway composers, I was like, maybe they'll think that's like no, too legit. No, I thought you are legit. You literally you are legit. have such a good <laughs> voice. Like I, you sent me uh, you singing that time. So I was like, that one's for sure true. Like, yeah, I, I, I did. I sang with Stephen Schwartz, um, who is the composer for Wicked, and I sang with Aaron Zuflary. Whoa, that's awesome. Who did Susical and Anastasia, which you might I love Anastasia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And Ragtime, which is what we sang for. So Tracy's name so, in my phone is Tracy Idol of Life because she is so talented. She has so many skills. She's highly technical and just highly talented in creative areas, and I just, like, really aspire to be half as cool as you one day. <laughs> a fraction. Yeah, literally. Sometimes uh, I'm like, oh man, I want to be like so much more on top of everything than I am. And then you you got to stop and think and be like, you know, I do some cool stuff. Like on a day-to-day -day basis, I really enjoy my work and like just life experiences. And it's nice to remind yourself that like life is more than work. Yeah. And yeah, I know so many technical people who are just like, only talk about technical stuff all the time. And I'm not that type of person. Uh, you know what? So the great takeaway from all this is then there's more to life than just work. Yeah, for sure. And like the fact that I came into engineering from theater and music performance is like um, very, I'd say unique. I mean, it's not completely unique. There are other people who have done it, but it's not common. Um, and a lot of like kids that I talk to or people who are potentially interested in going into technical fields are like, oh, but I really like this creative element too. And it's like, cool, but they're not mutually exclusive. No. And like, even if you choose to do one for work, that doesn't mean you can't pursue other things, but you can also combine them in cool ways. You just got to find your way. Absolutely. And also it's kind of interesting you mentioned that because I came from music as well. So I played violin. I definitely saw your keyboard. Oh so. yeah. Well. You know, maybe we can uh, get together some time. And I'm just kidding. Right. Jam sesh. We could do the podcast intro song. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would totally we need do to that. Compose a song. I will jingleify for you. Yeah. Yes. All right. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so like all great heroes, everyone has an origin story. <laughs> I love it. I have a great origin story, but it is not this. No. <laughs> I would love to hear the origin story of what got you into cybersecurity. So this is a very weird statement. So uh, you read my bio, right? Uh, my degree is in computer engineering, and that's a little bit different than some other folks in, in the industry. And I guess my, my answer to you when you initially asked was accidentally, which is pretty darn true, right? So um, I actually have like weird feelings for some reason about calling myself a hacker sometimes. Like, yes, I write tools. I I reverse engineer things, I find vulnerabilities, but it's just a weird thing to me because my background is engineering. So uh, I was, you know, thinking maybe I'll do antenna design or something like this, or, you know, audio mm. and more related because I enjoy that. And that again is stuff that I was exposed to as a performer as well. So yeah, that was my original thought going into computer engineering. Didn't think anything would come security wise. I did take a security class. Um, but anyway, so I was in like a women in engineering talk or it was either that or for my security class, but we stayed after class for some reason and someone came and spoke. 
about just different internship and co-op opportunities. And one of them was doing security related work. And I was like, well, I'll apply. I, I would like to do some practical application of, you know, what I'm learning and have some experience when I get out of college. So I did that. And um, yeah, so it was, it was kind of accidental. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. My first, one of my projects was doing um, audio watermarking and- Whoa. Yeah, so, and like I learned about Steg and stuff like that. So it was like super cool and totally didn't realize like this whole element of it was really something I'd be interested in, which is interesting because my husband is also in the industry and we were dating at the time. So like, I, I knew it was an option, but I never thought that it was really something that would be appealing to me, partially because um, a lot of the talks uh, to conferences and stuff that I'd gone to so far were like about web exploitation and stuff, which is not my jam. It's not, it's not mine either. Really, it's not mine either. Yeah. yeah. I really like low level stuff. And so it wasn't until like we went and saw more radio oriented talks and things like that, that I was like, oh, this is my mm -hmm. show. So um, yeah. accidentally is the answer, but yeah, it was still, that's why I still like low level. Why I have a weird relationship with the term hacker. <laughs> yeah, I think I think all of us kind of kind of do. Yeah. So w when you say you have a weird relationship with the term hacker, do you mean that? Can you can you explain a little bit more what you mean by that? It's not an inaccurate term, right? Sure. But it's just one of those things that it's like, well, I took so many years of physics as opposed to doing scripting. Sure. And and that's me mentally limiting the term. Yes, I totally know that, but even after a couple years, like I could tell you so much about telco backend systems and nothing about bash scripting, for example, or like nothing about even certain Linux tools at the time I was less familiar with. It felt like a mis like it was misleading, I guess. Um, sure. Even though it was accurate. And maybe that's just me being, um, you know, perpetual imposter syndrome or something. Yeah, because honestly, when I hear your background, I'm like, wow, she is so qualified. You have such a creative background, but then also such a technical background. So that is definitely something that I feel like we, we face in the industry where we are just like constantly never feeling good enough, no matter what we achieve. I don't know. Some people seem to feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> some people are super confident and yeah. should not be. Well, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I think it was partially because I could talk all day about certain low level technical things, but so I went to my first ShmooCon when I was- <gasps> ShmooCon! Yes. So okay. I, okay, let's let's talk a little bit about ShmooCon. So ShmooCon is a um, cybersecurity conference that's held in Washington, DC. Yeah, so I was going to, I went to University of Maryland for both of my degrees. Nice. Um, turns out they have an excellent theater program, which meant I already got like all of my required core stuff out of the way when I went back <laughs> for my engineering degree, which was great, except it meant it was all technical all the time, which was daunting in its own right. Um, so DC is also right there. And I lived in Maryland my whole life until recently. So, whoa, yeah. Maryland, you're a Maryland crab. I'm a Maryland I crab am. too. It's in my, it's in my yeah. heart and soul. So, uh, so I went to my first ShmooCon after only having like a semester, I think of computer engineering in, under my belt. So it was like, my first exposure to really like the InfoSec community and sure, it felt like there was this entirely different lexicon than anything I knew in school. Yeah. And there was still like some element of that even graduating and going to work more professionally again, um, even though I had experience professionally, it was still like a totally different element of the same thing. And I, I've kind of found that in every different office that I have worked in, it's kind of a slightly different lexicon or 
different application or different just aspect of the same big beast. So yeah, um, yes, ShmooCon is great though. I do love, I love conferences. I guess that's why you've almost been to every continent. I'm yeah. halfway there. Speaking of conferences, so Tracy and I met at Recon, which is a really great thing for me because going to that conference is definitely increased over the past couple of years, but there's usually not a whole lot of women. So I think we were obviously really drawn to each other being two of the only women in the room. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I've met some really wonderful women in tech. Actually, a lot of my good friends are women in tech because it's a very specific challenge <laughs> experience. I don't know what you want to say, call it, but it's challenging. Yeah. It's uh, it's unique one way or another. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, recon is one of my favorite conferences perennially. I actually Same. have a, yeah, I have a talk on YouTube. It's somewhere from my former company explaining why I love recon and oh. yeah, it's awesome. We'll link it. Yeah, we'll link it in the description. Cool. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's so good. It is a small enough audience and it's just reverse engineering. I don't have yeah. to sit through, again, those web exploit talks that I don't necessarily care about, unless I care about how they found it's it. It's single track too. It's single track. You get to know everyone. All the talks are usually really awesome. Yeah, they're, it's like, oh my gosh. I remember talks that I've seen there from like five years ago because they're so good, so in-depth, so great. <laughs> I really like Recon. Yeah, it's also one of my favorite conferences. Um, I actually, I had an interesting experience at Recon. <laughs> uh, oh boy. So nothing too bad, but uh, me and my other friend, Lisa, who worked with me at my old job, went to one of the like, you know, they always have the like speaker event um, at like Hugo's bar. Yeah, like the... That's, is that, yep. that's where we met maybe, or maybe we met in the lobby. I think we met at the lobby. And then I saw you later there. We were at the Yeah, speaker. and so yeah. Um, me and Lisa went there because we had a friend who was a speaker and was like, hey, come come to this thing. And so we get there and the bartender, quote, quote bartender, because I don't think they're a real bartender. I think it was a conference person that was just like serving drinks. <laughs> was like, did you even go to the conference? And I was like, do you want to go there right now? Like, what? Because I'm a girl, I didn't go to this conference. And then he was like, and he backtracked really quick. Um, oh, I get that all <laughs> the time. I know. I was like, I'm not someone's like plus one. <laughs> or I should say, I I got that all the time. And it's unfortunate because my first conference experience was at, like at only after my first semester of school, so I didn't know so much. And my husband had been in the industry for a while, so it was definitely like I felt like a plus one, but like. After a year, I was like, no, I, I know yeah. my shit. This is my this is my community too. Yeah, well, even right. like Rebecca, do you remember when we were at Objective by the Sea? So jealous. So I spoke at Objective by the Sea. Oh yeah. And we were getting food, and this guy, I don't know if it's because I was wearing a mask or what, but he's like, Oh, so did you go to the conference too? And I was like, Yeah, I spoke. I spoke at the conference. <laughs> Maybe he didn't go to the conference. Maybe he I know, didn't right? Know. I was like, what? Why why are you giving him the benefit of the doubt, Tracy? Come on. No, I'm saying he didn't know. He just, uh, he was clueless. Clueless. Like, clueless. It's not like there's that many women there, even though I do like that conference because well, they have almost parity yeah. in, in male and female yeah. speakers. So I was excited about that. So there are a lot of female speakers, but I was like, there's not that many women just attending this conference in general. So, because also they really limited the number of attendees too because of COVID. So I was just like, what the heck? Like, yeah, it was it was very intimate. So it's surprising that he wouldn't have noticed you at the at the conference. Yeah, he was... 
I see. It's like like the jailbreak summit. Exactly. And stuff like yeah. That. It's like, like did you attend morning. the conference? Yeah. Did you not see me get up in front of the room full of people? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was just trying to talk to you. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's that's his icebreaker, and he just like totally yeah, exactly it. his icebreaker. Oh, Do you actually work in tech? <laughs> do you know how to use a computer uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I still don't really so I mean to be fair yeah it's really it's nice to have other women in the room so that you don't feel so alone because it is validating when I have this experience of somebody questioning why I'm there just questioning my presence and being like you know is this me feeling weird or feeling some type of way because I'm crazy or like is it out of line for somebody to be thinking, oh, you shouldn't be here. Or like, why are you here? So it's really important to have diversity in tech, not just for those feelings and to build a community among women, which we talked about in our previous interview with Susie, but it's also been shown in research that diverse companies, both with gender diversity and a higher population of minorities, perform statistically significantly better financially. So it's not just about the like levels of how you feel and like you know making sure that someone has representation at higher levels but literally the the bottom line will increase um so that's something really important about having diversity oh yeah so i think it was the book inclusify we at my old company did this reading for leading and i it was either multipliers, but I think it was inclusified. So half of her book is just studies showing that how diversity helps in creative problem solving and financially. And like the more, the more you have uh, of different types of people, you have better, different, different types of perspectives. So you have more well-rounded, more people who are going to be like, oh, well, have you thought about this? Mm -hmm. And it just comes out better in like every way, shape and form. Yeah, it's, it's Inclusify. Is it the power of uniqueness and belonging to build innovative teams? Yes. Such a good book. Okay, got it. We can link this also. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so building diversity in, in the field you know, really does matter to all of us. And it's something that I think we all feel passionate about. So much so that, Tracy, you participated in a Twitter space on MLK Day. Would you like to tell us about that experience and kind of what you were talking about? I will say that participating is almost misleading because it was particularly for black tech Twitter. So I was there to observe and listen as opposed to, you know, actually helping, you know, continue that conversation. So it was more uh, for my awareness and just things that I might not have considered and things like that. And, you know, because all all people deserve to feel like they belong and have a space where they are comfortable and can actually work appropriately or just yeah. be <laughs> and feel okay about it. So diversity in general is, is a pretty important thing. It's an extremely important thing to me in all regards. Like, so I was like, well, MLK Day seems like this is the right way to for, to you know commemorate something by listening to others' experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah. I did participate, well, not participate, but, you know, observe. And I messaged the person who was running the space afterward. And I was like, hey, I didn't want to, you know, mention this. I am not a person of color and I don't want to, you know, overtake or anything. But if anyone needs resources on embedded devices or information about InfoSec in general or anything like that, feel free to, to send them my way. I'm happy to give referrals or tell you what I know about certain companies, anything like that. And so I opened my DMs, which is always a mistake. 
literally within two minutes I I had a sketchy message from someone in the community too and I was like oh cool great so okay Tracy would, would you be willing to read that message or at least summarize I did not actually open it because Twitter gives you like okay. you aren't following this person and it was like a separate message so I didn't open it I saw the first like five words and it was like hello beautiful how are and I'm like oh no, no! <laughs> Sorry. Never mind. Okay. Of course. That wasn't that was enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh <laughs> That was okay. We got it. Got the got the gist it of it. It was like yeah. cool. I wanna be connect more connected and to help make this space safer and better just for everyone. And boom. Literally two minutes later. What's funny is my DMs are always open and no one ever says that to me. So No me either. I'm a little like mm. Oh see Just kidding, no. The, yeah, I was gonna say the other problem is I have no problem being like like with the infosec bikini stuff, I was like, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so you did, did you participate in infosec bikini? Because Christine and I were trying to work, we're working out to do that in the summer. So we're excited. Oh yeah, we started going to solid core. Of course. I have done bikini fitness competitions. Oh my gosh. You were doing, okay, so you're doing bikini competitions. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, Tracy's literally so bad at so many ways yeah oh my god <laughs> so uh so of course i was like yes here's my body i'm all about body positivity in general too and it's great and it does not detract from my ability to do my job it doesn't detract from from any part of me it's part of who i am like why is that a problem inclusivity matters diversity is important in every regard and not just gender wise which is also important and i want to make sure that we highlight that everyone belongs in tech and we're doing this to feel like we have a community inclusivity matters well that's why also so when we first started this podcast we were trying to think of a good tagline and at first we were like oh by women for women and then we were like wait a minute we don't want to be i think it was it was lauren who brought this up she was like we don't want to be only for women because that's so not inclusive of you know allies in the community or non-binary people like we want everyone however they identify to feel like they can be included in the podcast or in our discord community part of the tech community but also like listen to the podcast so we wanted the target audience to be as broad as possible so that was something that resonated with all of us really good take Lauren has such a good take, so that was why now we're by women, because all the co-hosts were women, but for everyone, because everybody is allowed to participate, allowed to listen, allowed to join the Discord. Be an ally. Exactly. Oh yeah, I know some some great allies who specifically seek out things that are produced by women or by people of color or by whatever, just yeah. so that you have a better perspective and you know what's going on in these other communities. Yeah, exactly. And we just, we wanted everybody to know like upfront, hey, like you're welcome here. Because especially in tech, there is so much yeah. gatekeeping, I feel like. And especially in InfoSec, there's so much gatekeeping and people trying to say that something has to be a certain way or you have to have some specific background or I don't know I just I feel like people are and tech twitter is always popping flipping out like every week on like the what's the you know this week's gatekeep so yeah yeah Yeah. we didn't want that to be us and and Christine I say what is this week's gatekeep by the way are you you sure I I'm not sure I don't twitter makes me sad (laughs) yeah (laughs) I have such mixed feelings about twitter yeah it's like, I, I like it for like, for like a day. And then I'm like, okay, done. Done. I know last, last week's was, um, 
you need to have a computer science e degree or something. You don't need to have a degree in. You don't need a exactly. Degree. Yes, yeah, so somebody was like, you have to have a, a computer science degree to be in this space, and then. Obviously, tech Twitter blew up of everybody who was like, I don't have a degree. I have a degree in something, like, not related to computers. Yeah. So, yeah, that I think that was the latest faux pas on Twitter that was like, if you want to go viral, <laughs> say something really uh, controversial. Yeah. Close-minded. Yeah. Close-minded. Yeah. <laughs> really, really close-minded and controversial. And everyone will quote tweet you and say how you're wrong. So that person did that. I, I do like people get called out for their sh- That part I do that, like. Yeah, I do like that too. But it's almost like, okay, it's just yeah, one person's opinion. Yeah. yeah, I used to try and reply to people and be like, hey, let me try and educate you in a nice way. But it, it's really exhausting. I've seen you do that. I like to, I do that on Facebook. I do not do that on Twitter. Yeah. Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Because I know I'm old. No, no, I wasn't saying it like that. (laughs) Because, like, if if I know you on Facebook, I actually probably care about what you think. If you're on Twitter, yeah, I'm. I just I don't really care for the most part. No, that's a that's no, that's a fair point. I I would say Facebook is definitely way more personal than than Twitter for sure. So aside from people on Twitter saying off things, sometimes people that we know in person, like our coworkers, will say off things to us that just don't sit right. Don't sit well. No. Yeah, and the thing is that sometimes it's just like a, am I reading more into this than there is? Was this awkward? Or am I just like picking up weird vibes from this person? But sometimes it's like legitimately not okay. (laughs) Well, it's just annoying. Like I have a coworker who every time I like don't wear makeup because I shouldn't have to wear makeup to work all the time, tells me, Oh, you look tired. Or like, are you sick? rude? And I'm like, no, this is my face. Like, oh. Go away. <laughs> this is just what I look like. <laughs> so I, on the opposite side of that, I have a former, my former office mate. He's awesome. And I love him. And he's still a good friend. Um, he's, and I told Christine this because nowadays so many people are like, oh, we can't compliment women. And I'm like, bullshit. He told me, he complimented my makeup. He was literally like, that's a really nice lip color. And you know what? Didn't there's no way to take that wrong. It thank you. It looks good on me. Now I've had other situations where people were like, "Thank you for wearing that skirt." That's not okay. That's, that's not definitely okay. not okay. That's that's not okay. That's and so, so it's, yeah. That was what is it? Was, the '60s? Like what did you go through uh, a time capsule? An older person. So oh well, there you, you go. know it does happen, but still, it's like that's so. I'm sorry that happened to you. So there's definitely a right way to compliment people, and a very not okay way to compliment people. So that's definitely mm, fun. But that building was oh a gosh. special case of crazy. Like, Yeah, I definitely, I feel like it's it's not everywhere, but when it does happen, it, it happens a lot of places. And it's really frustrating because like I've heard stories where people just have to like put up with it and your company won't want to say something or they won't want to say something to the sponsor because they don't want to, make that person feel awkward and so they say things like he's retiring soon or whatever and i'm like whoa that's ridiculous like this person needs to be set straight uh i was told a story about uh, a sponsor who would get super 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 drunk so when my friend who was male and his 
Kali, who is female, would go on work trips and stay in a hotel. This sponsor would get super, super drunk and bang on her hotel room door. No. Oh. Yes. And he he actually said something. He reported it. And then that was, oh, he'll retire soon. And no, no that's really not okay. He will be let go it's now. So, it's so messed up the way that they handled that. And that project, even like to this day, does not have a whole lot of women on it. Um, no, yeah, go figure. Now she's like leading some of the project work. So it's it's unfortunate because I feel like as women, we have to grin and bear it like, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Who's that? Sh- uh, the shark, Barbara, something. Um, from Shark Tank. Yeah, I do not remember, but I know who you're Corcoran. talking about. Corcoran. Um, Corcoran. Corcoran. So <laughs> Barbara Corcoran. I-, I watch too much Shark Tank. That's uh, she always is like, you know, keep your head down, don't complain, which I feel like is in general like, you know, good advice to work hard. But I want to point out, and like this is not a knock against her because I don't think this is what she's talking about, but reporting sexual harassment is different from complaining. It's not like, oh, I don't want to do this project <laughs> or I don't like writing in this programming language. It's like, oh, someone is sexually harassing me. This is wrong. Someone should fix it. It's so, so true. Like, I, so for a while, it was me and the woman who sat next to me. We were like the only women on the team for a while. And it was in the same weird building. I feel like the mindset there is just different. So uh, in this one office, it was just her and I. And it was like, things would happen. And we'd be like, cool. I'll just like shrug it off. Like this man, I love him. He's a good friend. And he is a troll. Um, but I know that about him now. At the time, he yeah. was explaining to us how birth control worked. And oh, it was great. like one of those. Oh, love, love that. Okay, cool. Like, A, we're at work. B, all right. I love him. But um, again, he was, he was yeah. absolutely trolling, and I didn't really realize it at the time. Anyway, oh, so God. things like that would happen where if I didn't know him, it would definitely have been like, oh, this is wrong. But like, she and I got to this point where we're like, cool, these things just people say shit. And we'll just have to roll with it and things will happen until yes. um, even including one time where someone who was uh, above us in the chain of command came in and was like, so my, he either asked us about lingerie for his wife or no, no. he was like, I'm my wife gets Victoria's Secret catalogs, but my son is 12 now. So and we're like, what are what are you asking us? This is never okay like first of all we don't we don't need to know what your wife and her lingerie lingerie situation is we don't need to know about your son we this is no way work appropriate and you're just coming to us because we're the only women we're not child psychologists yeah (laughs) we're not therapists (laughs) this is completely inappropriate and he he didn't he stopped the thought part of the way in because i think he noticed how uncomfortable we were but the this man was I said the grin misses, yeah. Yeah, the grin and Barrett. So we didn't even say we didn't even say anything after that. Like we, that was not even the the straw that broke the camel's back in this instance until this person, oh my god, I could just uh this building, I could just tell so many stories. So yeah, this person yeah. also was talking about hanging out with a group of women. And he was like, Yeah, they like cuss and drink just like men. And one of my friends spoke up and he was like, Yeah, it's like women are like normal people. <laughs> Yo, let's go. I love and it. I was like, oh Someone my god. Someone said it. Someone said Thank it. Thank you for like not not having me have to be the person to be like, I like to drink and hang out and I cuss a lot. 
cool. So I really appreciated them standing up for me in that instance. But uh, the final infraction. No, that is so great. Yep. Yeah, right. I, I have so many good things to say about male allies and just how thankful I am. But the final infraction of this one gentleman who is, he really means well, and I understand that. But I, I was the lead on a, a part of this project and every time he wanted an update on it, he would go to one of the, my male inferior Inferior, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, well, no, no, they're technically good people, but they were not in charge yeah. of this thrust, right? So he would go to someone else on my team a and not me directly, basically. and then- Inferior. Subordinate, that is I like, I like saying inferior. <laughs> the same you know my male authority on it my male <laughs> my uh so anyway so he went to one of my subordinates and asked them about a status update every time which got very tiring and then we had the next sprint planning meeting and he left me off of it entirely <gasps> what yeah so it what that was that was the moment that i was like i am not respected in this no position i need to say something so I did, and we escalated, the woman, several of other, other women at that point were in the office, and so we all brought up several instances, and we're like, this is not, we are not comfortable with this. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, this this guy was like, I apologize, I'm, let me know what I can do, I'm going to try and be better and watch myself on certain things. And he was receptive to at least hearing that feedback, but it was so, it took so long to get there. I had so many instances of, well... He's a, he's an employee. He's my superior. He's, I'll just like deal with it. And it was still not, still doesn't make it okay. No. We write it off in our heads too. You, there, you always ask yourself like the, am I crazy questions? Always, so, all the time. It yeah. helps to am ask. Am I the asshole? Yeah, am right? I the asshole? It, well, it helps to ask other women. And actually I have a, a story about this. Um, and it's about somebody who I want to try and get on our podcast. Uh, so I had a coworker who uh, we were working on something and there was a guy who we were VTCing with, and I just felt like the way he talked to me versus the other men in the room was really condescending. Mm. And I was like, oh, maybe it's in my head, but I just felt like every time he talked to me, it just rubbed me the wrong way with the way he spoke to me. So finally, after one of the VTCs, because uh, my friend was in the room, so my friend slash coworker, and so she had heard him and the way he talked to me. And I was like, is it just me or is the way this guy is talking to me, like, is it condescending? And I was like, I just, like, I'm really pissed off right now with the way he spoke to me. And I was like, I feel like he is only speaking to me this way and not to, like, the men on the project. And I feel like there's, like, a huge difference in the way he's addressing me. And she said, which this was so validating for me. First, she confided in me that she was trans. And she said that she did notice, but also that it was something that she started noticing after her transition. So when she presented as male, she was so much more respected as a software developer. And then when she transitioned to female and started presenting as female, suddenly the same people would speak to her completely differently than coming to a new role in a new job with different people. She was like, I feel as a male, I had this default respect that I just don't get anymore. And it's like, I have to prove myself. And mm -hmm. so that was just really validating for me because yeah. I was like, so it's not all in my head. I really am being disrespected, you know? Yeah. 
maybe, you know, and it's being spoken to a condescending way. So that was kind of like the nail in the coffin for me for like, I'm not going to question anymore if somebody's disrespecting me because it's happening. (laughs) Yeah, it's happening and trust your gut. Trust your gut. Exactly. I mean, I think all of us can relate to feeling like we have to prove ourselves. Like we don't get that default respect. And I honestly feel like a lot of the time when I start when I start projects or I work with people new, I feel like there's like a low expectation for my performance in a sense. And I have to like do excellent. I mean, I always want to do excellent work, but it's like there's more of that having to prove myself because I'm a woman kind of thing. Yeah. It's like you don't have to just do well. You have to do you have to be excellent. Excellent exceptional yeah you don't have to be as good as the boys you have to be better than the boys I I feel to have any respect yeah I feel this way and then people you know finally they're like oh you're so accomplished and it's like well I didn't have any other option like I I had to be I had to be yeah I have to work hard this is the only option so how how can we combat some of this misogyny and I know there's we can't fix it all in one day but like as women and as for our allies that are, you know, listening, what are some ways that they can help combat this? I think Tracy's point about her coworker that kind of like spoke up for her in that conversation where um, they kind of called out the guy that was acting like women were other, like, right. yeah. was, you know, really, really good because it's nice to have men out there who realize that they need to call out some behavior and first recognizing it second calling it out is something that's really helpful because then the people who do have these like different views on women that are incredibly misogynistic will suddenly realize wait a minute why am I thinking this way and maybe they won't feel like they can speak disrespectfully to women or about women Well, for sure. And especially if it's like with misogyny, like a man's not going to listen to a woman saying, you know, don't speak to me this way, but maybe he'll listen to another man. That's true. That's the hope. Who's like, hey, like, that's not, that's not cool. Like maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe that he'll be more uh, receptive. Receptive. Thank you. More receptive to, to that conversation than from us. Yeah. I think there are two things though, like from my perspective, first of all, It's a common saying in like a certain movement technique. It's super crunchy, but it's a saying in general, I think, that awareness leads to change. It's come up in therapy and like all other aspects, right? The more aware you are that something is happening, the more you're able to call it out. And I think like in that case, my coworkers didn't really notice because it wasn't affecting them until I was like, oh, hey, this is happening and it's kind of annoying. And then they were like, oh, well, we can can speak up. We can help her not have to to deal with this so I think in general, awareness leads to change. And I think it's, it is on every person to say, oh, this is not okay. Like, let me, let me help this other person. And I, I'm in the boat where I'm always more able to speak for others. I'm more likely to just like overthink and be like, well, maybe I was doing something or maybe I took that the wrong way. But when it happens to other people, I'm much more able to be like, oh, this, this made her uncomfortable and that's not okay. Or, you know, all types of minorities and people who feel othered in this industry, um, I feel like it's my responsibility as like a female in tech to, to stand up for some other minorities, especially in the industry, because we're all getting screwed over <laughs> in similar ways and it's really not okay. And it's like, cool, I have, I have a voice that I can use to help others, even if they can't for themselves. And I think having allies in general is extremely important for that reason. And as Christine said, like, telling your friends, telling these stories and like having them be aware is good because it, it does lead to change. It adds accountability. It gives you that 
gut check. It There's all kinds of, I super value other women in the field. Yeah, I definitely, I think the point that you made about, you know, listening to other people and kind of getting mad and standing up for those other people is also a great way to be an active bystander in a situation where somebody is saying something or doing something that is misogynistic or racist or, you know, something against minorities in the field. So I definitely think that it's really important, like you said, to be aware and to try to bring to action a way to rectify whatever we are experiencing or witnessing. Yeah, I will say that that women in tech are just so technically excellent and awesome and put up with so much bullshit that when I see bullshit, I should I should have the guts to stand up too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's even, I get so mad every time I see like a woman in security get a comment on one of their YouTube videos or Twitter posts, like you're wearing too much makeup or like go back to the kitchen. And I'm like, are we really here? Ugh, I was told I was too pretty to be an engineer. Oh no. Yes. It's like, why is this still happening? And it's like, excuse you. So frustrating. It is extremely frustrating yeah. because my worth has nothing, my technical ability has nothing to do with what I look like. Right. And the thing is that with, they always talk about this when it comes to like politics, um, but it really translates to other careers. They talk so much less about what men look like than what women look like. Oh my gosh. And it's so uneven in the playing field. Could, if we talked about the, the aesthetics of men in InfoSec in general, that would be a different conversation. <laughs> Yeah, like men aren't judged on their on their appearance yeah. the way women are, and it's so frustrating. And it's like we're dancing if we do, dance if we don't. We, you know, don't wear makeup, and it's like, oh, you look tired. You do wear makeup. Oh, you're wearing too much makeup. Oh yeah. And I saw the funniest tweet the other day. Um, off the credit the real underscore Becca on Twitter, and it was you know men. I like girls without makeup. And then she was like, well, I like my boys without opinions. <laughs> and I was like, I want to modify that a little bit. Well, I like boys without misogynist opinions yeah. because yeah. that's definitely a misogynist opinion. Yeah. yeah, I definitely, I thought that was a really funny tweet. Also like, nah, sorry, this is going to be a side <laughs> tangent, but nah, you don't know. You don't know when someone's wearing makeup depending on their makeup friend. Exactly. Exactly. We're always wearing makeup. Joke's on you. Yeah. It depends, right? Like some <laughs> yeah. women do. Some women are, the other yeah. thing is like some women are more comfortable wearing makeup. Some women are more comfortable not wearing makeup. I'm, exactly. I'm a woman who wears heels all the time. I love my shoes. Christine knows this. Yes. I wear those heels like everywhere and I have an extensive clothing collection. I like looking nice. That's me. That's what I like. My sister throws her hair up, wears her jeans, and that's how she's comfortable. And you know what? Awesome. We are different people. We can be comfortable in different ways. I always will remember, um, it was when I like first started wearing makeup and my mom would say like I wore too much makeup and I wouldn't listen to her. Uh, but then I watched that Full House episode where Aunt Becky, yes, I know this God, God rest her reputation, <laughs> um, and uh, DJ were having a conversation where DJ was trying makeup for the first time and overdoing it. And Aunt Becky was like, you know, the best, the best secret to wearing makeup is trying to make it look like you're not wearing any at all. And so I took that to heart from that moment in that show. I took the same message away from that show. We both like had the same response. The same experience. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm the kind of person where like, don't tell me what to do. Oh, nice. You're like, screw you, Aunt uh, Becky. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm going to wear the blue eyeshadow. And it's okay. Like, you know, if we want to wear blue eyeshadow or like a 
a really great lip color like Susie. She wears amazing makeup and she's so talented. Oh man. Yes. She literally did the makeup for uh, yep. someone's wedding because like she's just so talented. She is. Sure makeup is spot on. Why does that make you any less technical? Oh wait, it doesn't. It doesn't. So people shouldn't make it about that. And okay, you ready? Ready for this tangent? Yes. Yes. I'm gonna go one further and just say I should be able to wear my low cut shirt. I should be able to wear my skirt however I want to. I work from home now, so only, you know, my house sees what I wear. But in general, like, does that change how I am technically? No. No. It doesn't. Exactly. Men can't, I don't know, what is the point? Like, men can't control themselves? Is that like the... Why is that something that we're just, as a society, okay with? Yeah, like, why are we... And we shouldn't be. Like, Like, people need to have accountability for their actions, and they should be able to control themselves. And if they can't, maybe they need to... (laughs) It's just too distracting. I'm just too distracted. Well, I was going to say, to be fair, I do wear a lot of like, you know, I don't wear short skirts to work necessarily, but I wear tight skirts and tight shirts and low-ish cut shirts. And you know what? Because screw you. This is what makes me feel good. I I do. I work hard for my body. I enjoy it. This is what I want to wear. I want to be more like you. Right. And there should be nothing wrong with that. And there isn't. The thing is that there, it's not that there shouldn't be anything wrong with it. There is nothing wrong with it. And if you have a problem with it, that's not on me. Amen. I love that. I, I love your outlook. Mm-hmm. It's empowering, honestly. So so something else that I also wanted to touch on, and I think we all wanted to touch on, is women supporting other women in the field. And I think there's ways that you can support other women, but there's also some women who end up making issues worse, either by victim blaming or shaming, um, or like literally taking the aggressor or the male's side on misogynistic issues. And I sometimes wonder why that happens because are they so normalized to it that they just don't even realize that something that happened is that misogynistic is bad or is it that it's like that can't beat them. So join them mentality where they are like, well, I guess I'll just be on their side since that's the side that's like winning. So I definitely want to hear your inputs on this topic. So there are lots of pieces to that. Uh, As far as that last question, like, what do I think about those women is I I think it probably is a just a response, right? You got to live, you got to get by, you got to do your work. And sometimes it's when you keep going up against the same thing over and over again, it's so exhausting. So I think in some ways it's just easier to not speak up for other people, to to try and, well, yeah, to, to see from an aggressor's perspective. And I am all for giving all people the benefit of the doubt uh, and trying to see from different perspectives, uh, but there is a limit to that, right? <laughs> there is, yeah. I think you have to make it a limit, honestly, because... Like some people's opinions, you just, it's just like, okay, I, I don't care about your opinion. I can't. Right. Or like, oh, I see where you were coming from in this conflict. I see where you're coming from in this conflict and neither of you are wrong. But, and that happens, but uh, more often than that is that, you know, one perspective should have been regarded more. Um, right. So it's, it's, it's tricky being an outsider on a situation like that sometimes because you don't want to alienate either party necessarily, especially as, as a woman in tech, sometimes you're like, do I just keep my head down and roll with it? And that sucks. Yeah, because you don't want to put a target on your back. Yeah, exactly. Because you're like, okay, if I bring attention to the issue, then I'm bringing attention to myself. And we've talked about that too, um, Rebecca and I, about like having online presences and like even in starting this podcast, our 
we're going to make ourselves targets now because we are trying to shed light on some of these really, really important issues. And some people are going to be mad because we're just saying facts <laughs> about how women experience yeah. things. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's, it's a, it's a truth, right? And I think that that is a valid feeling. Like a, a lot of us feel othered often and it's hard to, it's hard to be like, oh, do I say something? Do I side with this other person? Do I take her side, for example, if it's going to cost me my career, if it's going to cost me my, you know, you never, it's not usually that cut and dry. And I think it's just a, a response to being in the minority and being in that awkward position so often. Yep. Yeah. And another position that women get put in is that I think they try to have like the token woman or the token minority. And so they have like only one spot for us. And so women start feeling like they have to fight over this one spot. And so women stop supporting each other because they see each other as like a threat to this competition. And what I've seen in um, like the executive women's forum, for example, they were like, why does there only have to be one seat at the table? Like we need more seats for women. Like we should have more than one seat at the table. And so I just legit did praise hands in real life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I love that. Like I'm, at all your tweets, it's like you're lifting up other women. And I definitely, I felt like there's some friends, men and women, but like you, I think notice it more um, when it's like women in tech specifically where it's like, Oh, you can be successful, but not more successful than me. Like I'll, praise your things that you get but only if I also talk about right. what I just did and oh, it's yeah. like I I really get so frustrated by those people because it's like lifting somebody else up or somebody else being successful doesn't mean that you're any less successful it's not like a zero sum of success that like only certain people can have success like there's enough to go around and so it's really yeah, there's not a scarce there's not a scarcity of success yeah Exactly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm a very, very competitive human. That is just something about me. And that's great. And that's why I've competed in fitness competitions. That's why I like to do these crazy physical things. Great. And I think it took me a little while to realize that like, there's no one winner, right? Like there's not, that's not how life works. And I'm going to use a very dumb example, but bear with me here. And it was literally when I'm like, you know, I, I find both, um, but what was I think? Oh, Scarlett Johansson and Mila Kunis are both really, really hot, right? They're both gorgeous. Yeah. And I don't feel like one is more gorgeous than the other. And it's not like having one of them be gorgeous and undoes the other person being gorgeous. Like that's so true. They're both just, that's just who they are. That's just how they are. And that's, that's just how it is. It doesn't mean one or the other. Uh, and, and it's a really dumb thing, but that definitely helped drive home. Like I don't have to be the most ex in the room. Because just because someone else is X doesn't mean I'm not. Right. Just because like one person is one woman is technical doesn't mean that all the other women aren't yeah. as technical. Like that you can be equally technical and equally. That's such a great example. I feel, I feel like. like it's a silly example, but it's it's one that like everyone can take into whatever context they need to. Yeah. It, well, even like I've I've argued at um at my job like, hey, we shouldn't make all of the female candidates from the WESIS conference interview for the same interview slot for the same intern slot. Like we yeah. should 
interview tons of candidates and have all the intern slots available and then pick the best of those. Like we exactly. just like save one for the women and like make them all duke it out over that one spot. Like that is ridiculous. <laughs> no, you widen the pool and then you figure out from there. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the best way to like naturally hire more women. Yeah. It's just really frustrating because then especially too, if they do save one spot, then that makes it look like, oh, they were just a diversity hire. And it's like, no, Ugh. we just did not plan accordingly. And honestly, if we had interviewed all of them in first, we'd probably have more than one female intern because they're all so super qualified. So it is yeah. really, it's frustrating. I think bringing it back to the women supporting women is extremely important. And um, I feel like one of my best friends sent me a message about you want your friends to be the people who mention your names in rooms of opportunity, who lift you up. And I was like, that is, that is good because it's true. I want, I want other people to succeed. The more that the more women in tech are prominent, the better, the better it's going to be for all of us. Right. Well, that is so you to a T because you are the one who said my name and got me a speaking opportunity, which was like so nice of you. So like, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have, gotten that opportunity. And I, I appreciate that. And I want you to succeed. I think you're great. <laughs> I think you're brilliant. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I just look up to you so much. <laughs> and it was like, it was really good that you did that for me because you said my name and then that gave me an opportunity. And then that gave me the confidence to seek out more speaking opportunities. So I really wouldn't have had the confidence to go apply to other speaking things if it wasn't for you. So like now me and Rebecca are doing this fire talk together and I'm so excited, but it really was because you started it with, oh, Christine, you should do this conference. So, ah! but look though, but look though, Tracy, because- That makes me so happy. But because Christine is more open to applying to conference conferences and talking, it's inspiring me also to be more confident in applying. So I never would have done like the fire talk submission if it wasn't like with Christine. And that is definitely gonna help me too as like a chain reaction. So it's all kind of connected. Oh. <laughs> you have such an impact. Yeah. But we all, that's the thing. You gotta, you gotta lift others up with you. Yeah. That's part of, but I will say, I, I worked really hard for that speaking opportunity for those conferences to be diverse, to have women, to have minorities, to have all kinds of people and not just who you would normally see at a lot of technical conferences or who I, we've seen in the past, um, but people who are still very sharp and very, smart and good technically and um for that one in particular i'm very thankful to have mike as a great friend and he reached out and he's like do you know any women engineers who would be good at this and i was like yes i do and it's again like having both women uplifting women and having allies are both extremely important yeah yes oh my gosh i love mike and i love Kristen. i feel like they're both oh, yes. they've been so like just supportive of me even though i don't even work there like I love them that was such a great community. they both have huge hearts uh yeah yeah it was it was I really enjoyed working for that company they were great um but I also will say that actually working there I met like one woman that I look up to severely severely really <laughs> um, great greatly though she's amazing technically she is a technical rock star um but just is not like as outspoken as I am, but, but like, she's, she's the kind of person who will be like, don't discount yourself. Don't, don't think that you can't do it. And don't think that you can't do it just because you haven't yet. Um, and she's the person who convinced me to, to go work. Well, not convinced me, but she's the person I reached out to. And I was like, I think I'm ready for a different opportunity. 
and I'm worried about it interviewing and stuff like that. And she's the one who was like, you know, this, they're just asking what you know. They're just, you know, don't be afraid of it because you would be a benefit for all of their teams. Realize what you're worth. That's so awesome. That's really amazing advice. And it's so nice that, like, she saw you coming to her and didn't see it as, like, a threat or something. She's like, I'm going to help this person. And I'm going to lift this woman up and, and teach her what I know. I love that. Oh, she's amazing. Like, she she is technically amazing and just an amazing human. Um, we're very different types of people, but she is one of my heroes, I think. Aww. She's awesome. Oh, that's so amazing. I love that. I love having other women that I can look up to, that I work with, and that will lift me up and that I can lift them up. That's also, I think that's like how our friend group has kind of formed. It's like everybody, especially the women in our friend group, it's like we all are very supportive of each other. And I don't know like how we all found each other, but I really, I really like that. Like you and Susie and like the rest of that group it's just very supported and yeah I would say in general a lot of the women I've met in the community are really are really are supportive and we're all like this we're all in the same situation we're all going through it um there's no reason to be at each other's throats we're really here to to make it better for all of us all right so as we're wrapping it up we want to get into some fun questions just to get to know you a little bit better Tracy and cover any last lingering things you want to give our listeners so who is one person we should follow on the InfoSec social media? One person is actually like super hard, but I will give you three you give women. You. That's perfect. Yeah. Fine. Yes. So uh, Jiska, I think, and she, um, I believe it's she. Is, oh, I love has her. Has been leading these. Yeah, Jiska. We yeah, Jessica. right? She's, I do not, but uh, she came up on my radar and um, she's been leading these reverse engineering adventures and they're like spaces on Twitter. And they yes. have been fantastic and usually i'll like tune in while i'm working or something but like occasionally things have come up when i'm like holy shit this is 100 percent applicable to my work right now it's been great uh and i really like that and maddie stone is also just generally love her awesome. we love maddie stone she is yes. a great human and also a good person to follow a googler and she's just awesome and someone who came up on my radar recently i was trying to think of other people and I've totally started following more um, people in general on Twitter, and I can add to this in a second if I find another. But Info Sexy, she also oh. is a former bikini competitor and um, has some interesting stuff. Also a, a gym rat like me. So nice. Um, but there have been some other people who have come up in spaces like Sham, who has done a lot with uh, Muslim women in tech, and also with some of the people of color in tech. They've been, you know, widening. I want to widen my audience beyond just even just white women in tech, you know, trying to see other perspectives. So I would definitely suggest following all four of them. <laughs> yes, I literally, um, for the people I wasn't following, I just followed. Uh, but yeah, love, love Jessica, love Maddie, would love to see them and these other women on the podcast if we could get them. Yes. Yeah. So I have another ending question for you. What is one technical skill that has really helped you in your career? One technical skill. So that's all of them. Now, um, <laughs> I would say taking DSP maybe. This is hard. I really like digital signal processing in general and taking that and telecommunication systems in college really feeds into a lot of what I do now. 
but that's just in my personal career. I'd say in the grand scheme of things for everyone's careers, taking, I guess, programming languages course, because I yeah. learned like Prolog and OCaml and I learned, I prior to that I had VHDL experience and Verilog experience. So like having this wide range of how programming languages work helps me as a, you know, as a programmer and also like being able to look at other people's code and also being able to reverse. So like, I feel like it feeds all into it, being able to look at something and, and pick up the schemes and approaches that that language uses. Awesome, yeah. No, I mean, I was gonna say programming skills is like, it's imperative really to InfoSec. I feel like you have to kind of understand how everything works to, to really understand the security behind it. Oh so, yeah, and especially like yeah. if you're looking, if you're bug hunting, if you don't know what to look for, if you don't yeah. know how that uh, language like does garbage collection or pointers, like yeah. you're not gonna know what to look for. Yeah, I've been, um, I've actually been teaching my cousin. She's in community college right now and she was going to be a vet tech, but then she decided that she just does not like doing that anymore. So she was like, hey, I know that you do cybersecurity. Like, can you tell me more about it? And so I've been teaching her how to play CTF as like a way to like learn. And That's I'm great. excited because she's taking a computing class this semester where she's going to like really learn how to code because we're having a lot of fun playing CTF. But like once she learns Python, I think it will like make her even leaps and bounds like better at understanding how to do some of the CTF problems. So yeah. I completely agree. Like oh, yeah. knowing, you know, one programming language or knowing the programming language, whatever you're analyzing is really, really helpful because there are a lot of like nuances and things that you, once you've been coding for a long time, you kind of forget that like, oh wait, it's because I know this that I can like figure this out. So I actually have been looking into some other like platforms to kind of help her. Yeah. Um, it's so fun getting like other women into tech and like getting them. Yes. Uh... Oh my gosh, it is. It is. It's fun getting other people excited about what you're excited about too, just in general, or remembering like, this stuff was so cool. Yeah, exactly. It's so fun. It's so fun playing CTF again too, because I haven't played in so long. So I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, I remember why I like this. But, but beyond just like remembering initially, the people who are writing code also don't necessarily know how it's supposed to go and they don't necessarily know this language better than another language so even in that like if you're if you're looking at it something that someone else wrote um, like auditing it or from a reversing perspective their techniques and their like the way they do something in a language could be influenced by another language mm -hmm. and you might not pick up on something it's pretty cool yeah that's really insightful yeah so tracy are you a book person or a tv show binger like christine and i Look, I would love to be a book person, but I am not. I am way too ADD for that. All right. I, Listen, yeah. I get it. And so what is your favorite TV show? What would you recommend right now? There are... Okay, so I, there are things that I like as shows I really like, but my favorite show of all time is Futurama. Yeah. And I have a Futurama tattoo. No way! It is. Yes, Where? I do. It is just the, on my wrist. <laughs> I have a seven leaf... <laughs> I have three tattoos. Whoa. My future tattoo. We just talked about this. Uh, I'm comfortable sharing. Yeah. No. Um. I have a seven leaf clover on my wrist, and my best friend has one on his arm. Nice. That matches. So. Oh, yeah. so awesome. Matching her. Yes, tattoos. we're gonna get them on our. Do we're it. gonna get them though, Christine. We got matching. We have matching bracelets first. Oh so. yeah, Christine. Yeah, Christine yeah. got us matching bracelets for Christmas. Yeah. Oh. Sweet. 
I wish I could see them. Oh my gosh, we have to have a get-together soon. ShmooCon, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy, what is your must-have makeup item? Oh my goodness. Uh, probably eyeliner. What kind? I usually use that, like, well, boy, oh Stick? Boy. Liquid? No. So I do the, like, liquid yeah, head I have that stuff. Too. Yeah. Those are because oh, I'm, Kat like... Von D. I don't like hers as much as even just the like Sephora brand personally. What color? Um, what color do you okay. usually use? Black. Black. Right. Which is I, I had silver hair until like you know a little earlier this oh, year. Oh wow! So it was definitely like a stark difference. But I like eyeliner, and yeah, I just think it gets the most bang for your buck. And it might be a residual thing from theater, where like you oh know, yeah, theater makeup. That you have to really do your eyes, yeah, because they're so expressive, right? By the so light, I think yeah. it's just oh yeah, right. Um, but so I think I think eyeliner, and I think even the actually okay. Estilla brand is probably oh my yeah, favorite. I love that brand. The waterproof, yes. Me too, and their Stay All Day lip gloss stuff works really well. In fact, the Stay All Day, um, I think it was a berry color. I can't remember the tone. Was one that my coworker complimented. <laughs> Like, I still remember what color it was because I was like, I don't know. I yeah. don't wear berry lip colors very often. And then you're like, okay, this one, this one is a keeper because I got a compliment on it. So. <laughs> because people actually think mm-hmm. it's, it's cool, right? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tracy. This has been so great. I'm so happy we got to catch up because we have not caught up in voice in a while. Uh, so... Yeah. Since you came and visited me, I know yeah, we texted. It was, it was yeah. great meeting you. It was different. so nice. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you got to meet Rebecca. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this is lovely. I'm so happy she got to meet you because I talk about you all the time and I'm like, Tracy, well, she's amazing. Well, <laughs> Yeah, no, she does. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm so yeah, excited. Especially with our, our fitness goals. I'm like, you're a real inspiration for us. Yeah. Yes, I am here for you. Are you are you on Strava, Tracy? I was, but I'm not right okay. now. I think I just deleted it. That's because- fine. I think I started using my RunKeeper instead because okay. it was slightly more accurate yeah. for my for my rucks. But I was on Strava. Well, follow Tracy. She's awesome. So if you like this episode, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us five stars, one for each of our lovely hosts. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at HerHacksPodcast. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover on the pod, send an email to hello at herhackspodcast.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at herhackspodcast.com. Yeah, of course you got it. You got to help grandma. And and those level things I can usually do. But it's like, oh, I'm having this issue with this. And I'm like, have you tried unplugging it? No, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, grandma. Can't troubleshoot. I'm kidding. I always help grandma. Don't ever turn it back on. Just burn it. It's fine. <laughs>